the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Heidi, it's Friday. It's all right. I'm liking that. And it's going to be another hot day today. High today of 102. And it's going to feel like 113. You know what I'll be? I'll be lying beside my pool. And then I get hot. And I... Now, this is for all you folks that used to watch TV back in the 80s. I'll do the Nest Tea Plunge. Have you ever seen the Nest Tea Plunge, Heidi? Yeah, Nest used to do an ad campaign, and it was on, on television, of course. And uh, people would it'd be hot, and it would show them, and they're sitting there, and they're melting, and the sweat's dripping off of them. And then the next says, you know, cool down with Nest tea. And it was instant tea, you know, you just put it in the water and stir it up, which does not taste as good as when you steep the tea bags, let me tell you. And then it would show the guy or the gal with the, the big glass of iced tea and it was condensating on the outside and the water is going down the side of the glass and drippets. And they do the nest tea plunge and they would just put their arms out and fall back into the swimming pool. So that was, that was a big thing uh, on television. So that's what I do, except I don't waste a whole, a whole glass of of iced tea if i got iced tea out there i'll tell you sitting on the table under the umbrella i got sitting out on the deck and uh, stays over there and then when i need a drink i go over and get it and and do my thing i take some of the some of the uh, big uh, uh, cushions off of the chairs put them up on the deck i got kind of like a level that's up above the deck stretch it out put some towels on it get a little towel a little pillow lay down grease myself up look like a grease monkey and uh, lay in the sun that's i know i know i know melanoma right i'm 68 years old i'm not worried about it well do you put any suntan lotion on oh but that's what i'm saying i grease myself up Uh, with 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 protection yeah Yeah, okay you know okay the sun you know a lot of people think suntan lotion doesn't have any kind of protection but it does it's it's got that in it well, that's put, what suntan lotion is what do you mean no not necessarily now you don't 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 met, don't get uh, confused uh with uh sunscreen well i'm that's what i mean what's suntan no. lotion suntan lotion is like uh baby oil yeah, don't put that crap on <laughs> what are you crazy i put that all no put sunscreen on you no, put sunscreen no, I, on? I, does, does it look like i use sunscreen oh my goodness put your arm out here <laughs> 
Uh, Dave, I, I, you can I, look at my I, arm versus I, your arm. I, I've seen the chi- the chickens on the rotisserie in Sam's <laughs> as well. Uh, they they baste them in, in in butter as well. So I I know how that works. <laughs> it works uh, great. So if you know if you want to stick a, a pole stem to stern and start, no, spinning, I don't do that. Okay, okay. Right. But I've been look. I've I've been kind of a sun. I'm not a sun worshiper. I don't worship the sun. But I like to lie out in the sun because I, I played no sports and I had all kinds. Put on the sunscreen. Yeah, I don't. Killing me. Don't killing me. I put a little bit over my eyes. That's all. Put on the sun. It's the same like this discussion that we've been having about the vaccinations. (laughs) I got my vaccine. I know you did. That's why I support your decision, and I also support people who decide after reading the literature not to get vaccinated, meaning that it's their decision. But I don't subscribe to some of the wacky ideas out there about the vaccines uh, don't worry they're tracking you with your phone they don't need to track you with the vaccine i that's what i do all the time yeah. i got friends okay i'm seriously close friends that believe that there's nanobots yeah yeah okay inside they watch of it too and, much star trek and they're, they're being they're tracking them and i just hold up my cell phone right. and i go dude they've been if they wanted to really track you they would have been tracking you already. And on top of that, why would they have waited for the pandemic? They just put it in a flu shot. Exactly. Exactly. Well, th- maybe those folks haven't gotten flu shots. Oh, well, yeah, as well. they have. They have. Okay. Yeah. Right. right. I don't understand it, but that's all right. It's your choice. Yes. Just, just know that the facts are simple. Right. Most of the peop- people that are in the hospital and ICUs right now, many of whom will not leave the ICU except uh, covered up with a sheet are the people that are not vaccinated. That's right. And And no, it's not a guarantee that you won't get sick. Nothing's a guarantee. No. Uh, It increases your odds. I've often said it's like if you've ever played craps in Vegas, right, where you roll two dice uh, and certain combinations win, certain combinations lose. So if you're just starting the game, and remember, you're in this game, folks, because... The game is life. So if you're exposed to another human being, you need to decide which is the best way to be so exposed. And so in craps, you can choose to bet on seven, for example, Uh or or you can choose to bet on two or two or two can be the loser. Seven can be the winner. You might want to pass the dice if you get snake eyes. Exactly. Because (laughs) the odds of rolling two are much, much lower. Than yeah. they are of rolling seven. And it's the same thing here. Or all, 11. Or 11. The, and they say, well, there, there are some risks with the uh, vaccines. Yep. Yeah. We've known yes. that. Do some, yes. do some research. Go back and probably the most famous vaccine ever conceived was Jonas Salk. Right. Polio. polio. And there were all kinds of problems with it. That's right. It's just, right. it is what it is. I mean, if, read the story that's going on right now in Pakistan. They've got a just huge outbreak of polio in Pakistan. And uh, they're bringing up things about the polio uh, vaccine that has already come up and all kinds of misinformation going on yeah, about it's, it. It's, it's just shame. sad. Yeah, it's, it's going really to cause shame. kids the ability to walk. It's going to kill them. Uh, a lot of you don't, if I say iron lung, a lot of you don't even know what I'm talking about. Right. But some of us, when we grew up, uh, that was like a, a terrible nightmare that we had. That's right. It's the only way you could breathe. Right. So just 
keep that in mind. All right, we, we're going to get a first break coming up here in a moment. But uh, Robert Steinbach is here. Chris Corbett couldn't be with us today. He is out traveling today, so he'll be back next Friday. Let me just kind of lay out for you what's going to be happening today. I got Robert. We got a lot of things to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about um, – I, I keep seeing all this stuff now about how you can sue your employer if they tell you you got to have – have uh, uh the shot and no good luck good luck yeah give 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 it a shot you're gonna lose i'm yeah. just telling you you're gonna lose yeah and i mean somebody sent me i'm telling you this mischief that was had to be 15 pages long and there were so many i mean look i'm not even a lawyer you know that i did i have stayed in a holiday inn but and i play a lawyer on your show yeah so. i know and <laughs> i i sat down and read it and i go that's not right right, right. that no, that's not right either. And right. it's just, yeah, you, you, you're not going to be able to sue them. And um, I just think it's funny that some of the things that keep coming out, they're they're getting on Biden because he says he's going to make the military take the vaccine. So when has the military not been forced to exactly. take a vaccine? Exactly. I mean, what what year was it? Was it the 90s, the, the anthrax vaccine was that just the beginning of the 2000s do you remember i think it was the early 2000s okay so think about that uh i was talking to my son-in-laws yes no was it yesterday i a couple days ago and we were talking about that and they both had to take the shot sure and they didn't want to take the shot but they had to take the shot they, they were told they had to take it. You know, in, in the military, they, they line you up and you get shot after shot, which yeah. is not a great idea. You should spread out vaccines. Uh, but in the military, they line you up. You get four shots, six shots, whatever. Yeah. And if you were like I was when you were in the military, I know you were not, but right. there's a lot of Who's listeners good? that were. You remember they told you to take off your blouse, which is take off your shirt. Mm-hmm. And you had your, you just stand there in your t-shirt, you're rolling up the sleeves like from the 1950s. I wanted a pack of cigarettes, they wouldn't give it to me. And we're walking down between two rows of people. Now, when I did it, they didn't use needles. They used those vaccination guns. Oh, is that right? I never had that. You know, and not, not a problem, except if the person, you or the person administering the shot, moved a little bit oh and it cut did it really muscle and everything and you by the time you got to the end you were bleeding from you both cut up. yeah from both of your shoulders it was not good but anyway yeah we got all kinds of shots when i was in the military they still get shots and biden came out and said he's going to have the military get the uh the vaccine and i swear i had eight nine people text me can you believe they're going to make the military take this the vaccine. And I just wrote back. This was my answer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what else is new? Right. That's what it is to be in the military. Yeah. That's always been a deal with That's the right. military. That's right. All right. 16 after 6. Robert's with me. He'll be with me till 730. Got a special guest coming up at 7 o'clock. Michael Knowles writ, 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 wrote a new book <laughs> uh, called about the First Amendment of Free too. Speech. And we're going to talk about that since that's one of our favorite topics. And we'll uh, join up with him at that time. Uh, State Senator Dan Sullivan is going to join us by, what, 635? Yeah, by 635. Okay, we're going to talk to him. And we're going to get a call. I don't know when, Heidi, just so you know. I got a call coming in from uh, somebody who's going to tell us about a rally on the Capitol steps today about mask mandates. As you know, yesterday... Uh, or maybe you don't know yet, the governor, 
has declared there's going to be a special session. And uh, we're going to hear from Dan Sullivan today about what's the feeling about that in the legislature. So that's coming up today on the Dave Ellswick Show. Pat Davis is your uh, health plan man. He's giving a $25 gift card. And you've got three days to get this because as soon as July is done, it is finished. All right. It's going to be finished. Uh, if you ask for a free, no obligation health insurance quote, they'll give you this uh, gift card. Here's what you need to do. It's really simple. You put your first and your last name and the number 25 in a text. You send it to 501-605-6935. And uh, he will uh, you know, help you... Uh, uh, get, maybe win a $25 uh, restaurant gift card. Well, you will get it if you get the uh, the free no-obligation insurance cor- quote. Now, the only people who cannot get this $25 gift card are two folks. Uh, you can't be on Medicare. You can't be on Medicaid. If you're on either one of those, you can't because right now uh, Pat doesn't have anything to talk to you about. And then the other is that you must be eligible uh, for your insurance. You must be the ages of 21 to 64. So get a quote and a gift card. First name, last name, 25 to 501-605-6935. All right, so Robert, yes, sir. your thoughts about some of the things that are this mask mandate. The governor wants to bring the legislature back in well they're not out of session it's kind of weird right yeah, now they're, sure. they're in yeah. session because they're waiting to be able to do redistricting but they don't have the the information to be able to do redistricting because the people who went out and did the census haven't turned over all the census data it's confusing uh, so when they broke they didn't do whatever that latin term is where they stop the session yeah Yeah. to stop the census or stop the uh, session so they're going to come back together the governor is going to bring them back together to talk to them about the legislation that they passed during the the last general session about no mask mandates it was a piece of legislation if i'm not mistaken it was put forth and then passed by state senator trent garner yes that's correct now, with that happening, do you, do you – right now, I don't think that they're, they're going to be – that the governor is going to get it through. Although, right. this I do know, that the governor wouldn't bring them back if he didn't have a feeling that he could get it passed. Well, I think that's a good question. And I've talked to some folks about this and thought about this as well. So – I had thought, well, he wouldn't bring him back unless he was confident he can get it passed. I now don't think that's necessarily the case because some of it is part of his broader desire to signal issues in the future. I would I would posit, meaning I don't have hard evidence. The act of calling them back, I think he sees of, as having some value. Moreover, and perhaps more importantly, from his perspective – And correctly so, I think he does recognize there's always a deal to be had. Meaning, are you saying, Rob, that the the legislature is going to reverse itself on the mask mandate? Uh, I'm saying 
Everything's got a price. Uh, so I, what I love can that. you promise to people? Well, what what does the legislature want, if anything, that's more valuable than the prohibition on mask mandates? Pro- I don't probably. Yeah, this is be my what I would think. Right. You want to make sure that when they do the redistricting, right, that it is done in a way that you are. 94% for sure you'll get reelected. Maybe, maybe. Uh, that's certainly, th- there's the old line about politicians, which is, um, it's it, you can't get anything done unless you get reelected. Uh, and while that's a true statement, sometimes it is abused by elected officials to justify <clears throat> actions uh, designed solely uh, for self-aggrandizement um, or at least uh, the continuation of one's job. That notwithstanding, uh, so that might be one issue, things relating to redistricting. Uh, What about other issues relating to schools, Uh, school choice? Uh, What about higher education, Uh, making sure that higher education is is not the leftist indoctrination re-education camp uh, that it is across the country right now? How do you do that through legislation? I'm not sure. Can you imagine... This this should be a perfect example to the Republican Party that uh, with redistricting and all that, that he could, you know, the governor could offer some things to get through. But if we had real school choice, school choice is another issue here in 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 this state. This becomes a non-starter because you decide which school you can put your kid in. And let's say you don't want to be in a school that has a mask, you know, mandate. Mandate, Right. Then you choose one without. (laughs) That's exactly right. right. That's right. Exactly. Choose choose one without it. Choose a a private school to take your money with. Choose a parochial school to take your money with. That's right. You get to choose what to do with your money. Boy, what a a concept. Indeed. What a concept. Hey, listen, Bronson Martin is going to join us. He is the man that's behind... The Monday rally that will happen on the state capitol steps dealing with all this mask mandate stuff. They're against it. All right. Just let you know. Right. Hey, bud. How you doing? Doing good. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I'm glad to see that you're getting the people involved in this. Uh, they yeah. need to know that this is is not cool in any way, shape, or form, and the governor is trying to go in and, and change everybody's mind about what went on during the general session. So tell me what happens Monday. Well, Monday, we're just going to get as many patriots, true conservatives as we can to come up to the Capitol. We want to back our legislators and let them know where we stand, how we feel on this issue. We want them to stand firm on Act 102. Um you know, our governor has a way of going in. You were just talking about it, dangling carrots in front of these guys. Yep. Some of them will take it. Some of them won't. We've got the, you know, your your normal crew that's going to stand firm, but you've got several up there that are weak. They will fall for his tricks, and we just want to show them we're behind them. If they stick to their guns, we're going to be there for them. All right. How are you feeling about most people on the Republican side in the, I mean, it only takes one house to decide they don't want to do what the governor wants to do, and it doesn't happen. 
Well, I've, I've tried to put out as many fillers as I can and talk to as many of the representatives that I have contact with. So far, almost everyone that's responded back to me has said they're standing firm. But there again, we still got three, four, five days before they probably have to take a vote. You never know what will happen between now and then. Yeah. Okay. Well, I appreciate what you're doing, brother. I really am. Uh, I, I hope several hundred people will join you on the steps of the Capitol. And that sends a, a, a straight message to the legislature and they pay attention to that kind of stuff. Yes, sir. They do. That's, you know, emails, phone calls are great, but if we have five, 600 people show up at the Capitol that morning, just tons of these people. If you can find yourself some uh, uh, blue masks and can set them on fire, that'd be pretty cool. (laughs) Uh, We we might want to stay away from the fire. We don't want to get confused with other groups. All right. I got (laughs) you. Thanks for calling in and letting us know what time you're starting on that uh, Monday. Quickly. 9 a.m. Monday morning. They're supposed to have a health meeting at 10 a.m., so some of the key players will be showing up at the Capitol that morning. News on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. Don't forget about Cabot Emergency Hospital on 89 in Cabot. They're on the uh, Walmart or David's Burgers, as I like to use them, as the air place that you can know where the uh, emergency hospital is. They're right next to David's Burgers. Get your emergency taken care of. Go have a burger. I mean, it's just good food. Or you can have a burger and then get your angioplasty. Yeah. <laughs> they don't do angioplasty. Yeah. you got to go someplace else. But they do have an on-site lab, which is really important because the way you tell a person is having a heart attack is not through, uh, you know, well, yeah, I got, you know, pain on the left side of my, my chest. I'm feeling it down my arm a little bit. It's up in my shoulder. It's in my jaw. That stuff that's that's anecdotal stuff that would tell you that perhaps you're happy but the enzymes in your blood uh, which would identify if there's heart muscle being destroyed will tell you without a shadow of a doubt if you're having a a uh, a heart attack and they got an on-site lab where you can get your lab work back five minutes and they can know that and if they do uh, find out you're having a heart attack. Now, they're not set up. They don't have a cardiology lab or anything like that. They put you in an ambulance, and they bring you down here at Little Rock to the hospitals where they do have all of that. But they do have x-rays. They have CT scans. They have bedside ultrasounds. They even have an MRI. So they can take care of most emergencies. If it's stutures, if it's setting a broken bone, if it's some kind of uh, you know reaction, that, that you're having, you know, you've got anaphylactic shock or something going on, they can identify it, and they they have, uh, you know, board-certified emergency physicians on duty 24-7, 365. They know your emergency matters. They know you don't want to wait, and you don't wait at Cabot Emergency Hospital, and you get back to your life faster. They're great folks at Cabot Emergency Hospital. We'll have Dr. White on here in the future again and uh, and talk about it. Last time he was on, we just talked about, uh, you know, the summer and typical summer things, poison ivy and all that kind of stuff. All right. So um, Cabot Emergency Hospital, use them. I have. They did a great job. On the phone with us is State Senator Dan Sullivan. State Senator, how you doing today? 
I'm doing well. I appreciate you all having me on. And I think Dr. White may be my doctor, too. No, oh, yeah, he's a good man. <laughs> Just telling you, he's a good man. I tell him yeah. every time I have him on, I think of uh, Reservoir Dogs. Why? <laughs> because all the characters' names were colors. Oh. <laughs> all right. So I always, always, always think of Reservoir Dogs. All right. So tell me, uh, uh, Senator, what's going on with the governor? Is he is he is he putting a bunch of carrots out there trying to get people to bite on them? Well, I'm probably the last, one of the last ones he would call to offer a carrot to. I've been pretty consistent in my vote, uh, but I I don't doubt that's true. And I I really um, am having a hard time understanding why he's doing this. You know, I think the superintendents, by and large, in most all of our districts, say and have been passing out the communication that they are not uh, in charge of people's health care, and they don't want to be. Uh, they're educators. They're in charge of educating our kids and educating our, you know, um, all of us. And they don't want don't want to be in that um, position of making healthcare decisions. One of the biggest reasons I think is because of the liability involved with those decisions. So if we were to have um, you know schools in charge of you know what the masks regulations are. There are, I think, 260-some school districts in the state, and we would have some 260-some plans around the state. Some where you could wear a mask if you weren't vaccinated, some masks all the time, some masks inside, no masks outside. There are just so many different combinations um, and issues out there that the schools were not equipped to make those decisions. And the superintendents, I think, and the well, I'm not so sure about the superintendents, but the school boards, um, you know, they they're not very interested, at least up in our area, about being the one to make healthcare decisions for families. They would just as soon lose lead that to the families. So, given that, Dave, I'm just I don't know why the the governor uh, would call uh, this kind of a special session, knowing that most of the school districts in the state don't want to do that. I think I heard you y'all earlier talking that there must be a different motive for doing this. I would agree with that, but don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't. I have no idea. I just know some of the things that he could do uh, to kind of twist the arms of of legislators. I mean, redistricting is coming up. He might be able to go to a legislator and say, "When we redistrict, we'll make sure." You know, you're going to have a good chance of being reelected or, or whatever. I I don't know what's going to happen. I just know that some of the, the different things that politicians tend to do. What are you finding as you talk to your compatriots there in the state Senate? I mean, I had Kim Hammer on yesterday along with uh, Terry Yamauchi and, and Ken Yang. And I think we got a pretty good feel from Terry Yamauchi that masks don't work. I mean, he was very clear about that. You've asked that question of the person who heads up our Department of Health, and they've yet to answer you about that, if I'm not mistaken. Well, right, and they they just withhold information or slow to trickle out information. But, you know, getting back to the carrot and the stick, there are two who can play that game. And right now there are several of us in the Senate who are putting together legislation. You know, we're really interested in helping kids. We really want to help families out with choice at local control, then let's go back to educational choice, uh, school freedom, 
and letting the money follow the child. I think y'all mentioned that earlier today, too. If that's what we're interested in, then let's go down that road also. And although it's difficult to bring up legislation during a special session, it is possible with a two-thirds majority, I think that's what the, what the, role, the call is, to bring up other legislation. And we have those majorities in the House and in the Senate. Uh, you know, we've, the strongest school choice bill just barely failed. Uh, so let's bring it back up. I think there's also a will in the Senate to bring up this critical race theory legislation mm-hmm. again. that just barely passed. And I'm pretty sure uh, we're going to see some additional legislation to rein in the governor's power even more. Uh, you know, the bill, the hammer Gasway bill that passed, I forget the number, was a good bill, but it maybe need to be strengthened. So as far as, uh, you know, um, bringing up or having the carrot and the stick, you know, if we have a special session, you're going to see a call for more legislation to continue to give power to the people uh, and to the legislature versus the executive branch. Let me ask you this question. How does it play into your all's feelings about passing perhaps a stronger legislation when you know you have a lame duck governor and then there's a possibility that a new governor that is elected will be uh, perhaps a much more uh, conservative than the governor that we have. Possibility? <laughs> well, I got to be nice about possibility? it. Possibility? I got to be nice about uh, it. I, I got to go get my dictionary. I'm not sure I know what that word means anymore. Okay. Possibility? <laughs> All right. What do you well, think? You know, the, of course, well, we're passing legislation not just about one governor. It's not just about Governor Hutchinson. It's not about whoever our next governor will be. It'll be about the next century for the state of Arkansas. And I think one of the biggest accomplishments of the legislature, both the Senate and the House, this session, uh, was returning some power to the legislature. Our executive branches around the nation uh, and nationally have all uh, usurped the power of the legislature in various ways, and legislatures have given away that power. And this session you saw in Arkansas and around the nation, legislature standing up uh, and saying, just as you were a part of the lawsuit, Dave, uh, standing up and saying, you know, our executive branch cannot do this. And we're Mm -hmm. going to take a step and say, stop. Uh, So I think there's a movement that way. And I think you'll see a continuation to push that uh, at the legislature. And that comes across in school choice. That comes across in. Um, you know, other legislation that you'll be seeing coming out to return power to the legislature. And then it's our job to return power to the people. And the job of the legis- the job of government is to protect the rights of the people. Uh, I don't know. Did y'all see the letter from the mayor up in Northwest Arkansas? No, I did not. I'll have to send that to you. He, he continually called uh, uh, and talked about his people. And, and, you know, he needed the power to do what he needed to do for his people. You know, his job is to protect the rights of the people, not to protect his people. It's a subtle but important difference. Uh, you know, and, and in this situation, given the medical, you know, I know, understand the other dynamics of protect the people. But in this instance of medical freedom, uh, you know, the job of the government is to protect the rights of the people. And we have to be very cautious in that and very diligent in it. All right. Got to get a break in. 
Our guest is State Senator Dan Sullivan. Robert Steinbach is here, law professor, Bowen School of Law. His opinions, his opinions only, not that of the School of Law or the university to which they're attached. And we'll come back and talk further because there's more to talk about. And I want to bring up Congressman Westerman because when he was a state representative, he had a great idea about school choice and getting around Lakeview. And I'd like to talk to you about that when we continue. East End Towing, don't forget about them. I just used them the other day. My daughter's car broke down. I had them, uh, I had it taken over to Sonny's. And uh, Sonny looked at it and looked uh, okay. But it still wasn't running as well as I think it should. So I had East End Towing uh, go over there to Sonny's and hook it up and take it to Joe's. Joe and the the garage are now working on the car. And I hope to have it back by the end of today working uh, completely, getting a full tune-up on it. So I think we're about ready to, to, to win that battle. But they did a great job. I mean, I called them. No questions asked. They went over. They picked it up. They took it to Joe's. They dropped it off. Uh, Joe's Garage paid the price of the tow. I will pay it back when I pay for the fix-up on the car. And it just went like clockwork. They're a good good company. Uh, Patrick McIntyre, the owner, says uh, no matter the situation, East End Towing can handle it. And we've got all the answers as well. You call East End Towing at 501-888-8849. That's 501-888-8849. All right, back with you. Uh, State uh, Senator Dan Sullivan is with us. He's from up in the Jonesboro area. Robert Steinbach is sitting in the studio with us uh, today. Coming up after the news, uh, Michael Knowles is going to be with us. We're going to talk about free speech He's written a great book about it, and I uh, want to talk to him. He writes for the Daily Wire. That's Ben Shapiro's uh, you know, news site, and I think that you're going to enjoy what he has to say. But I wanted to come back, and, and I'm going to tell you what, uh, Senator, you need to ask Congressman uh, Bruce Westerman from the 4th District to come back in and talk to the caucus and talk to them about what he presented when he was – in the state legislature and how uh, he came up with an idea that you give every family the amount of money that, that would be coming to them for their child to go to school and you get around Lakeview because, I mean, that's all about equitable, you know, finances. So everybody has the same money to go to the school of their choice, take their their money with them. And then you get around a lot of this crap about mask mandates and all the rest. If your school is doing mask mandates and you don't want your child there, pull them out and take your money someplace else. Yeah, you know, uh, Congressman Westerman uh, had way too simple an answer. People yeah, it really like is a simple answer. answer. <laughs> Dan, let it me is. ask you a related question, which is, uh, I presume the the lefties, the libs, the Dems are all behind school choice because they are, after all, pro-choice, <laughs> right? You see, you saw where that was you know, going, they, right? They just, I posted that on my Facebook page, right? and people went nuts. I love it. Uh, you know, they... they uh, of course, they don't want choice. They they truly believe the money is theirs. You give it, you know, we, they take it. It's their money. 
And in order for us to give get our own money back, we have to jump through certain certain hoops, whether we like it or not. But it's their money. Well, the whole thing uh, Bruce was suggesting is that you could choose which school you wanted to go to. And I remember the Democrats at that time, because we didn't have the supermajorities that we have now, were all going there up in arms and saying, well, there'll be public schools that go out of business. Good. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, and again, they, the, the Democrats and the, the left side of the political spectrum believe that all money is government money. And whatever they let you keep is out of the goodness of their heart. But you first have to, to give it to them. They'll spend it how they want. And any proposal, you know, just like the bill that we had this time, uh, uh, Representative Bragg had a bill, I think it was $4 million statewide for all the kids in the state uh, that could be put aside to help you and your child and your family uh, use some of your own money, and you got a tax credit. And we couldn't even pass that, just $4 million for the statewide. Uh, but I think someone's working on that right now, and we plan to bring some of that bill or a similar bill back to the table during the special session. So, you know, if the governor wants to call a special session um, and he's got an agenda that we not, are not really clear on what that might be, then we'll have our own issues out there uh, that we want to bring up. Uh, and I think the governor supported Representative Bragg's bill. So I'm very hopeful that um, that he will be supportive of bringing it back up, and let's see if we can pass that. Well, I don't know. You, you, I mean, they didn't even want to give the money back that they had charged people for not following the mandates of the governor. <laughs> there was some you know, crazy they, state senator pushing that bill. Yeah. Who was that guy again? Yeah, yeah I, I agree, and he still is. <laughs> exactly. I mean, how much money was that? That was like $60,000. Total. Yeah, total. Yeah. Not per individual. And they don't want to even total. give that back. Okay, They spent yeah. more money litigating that issue then it would have cost them to return that money to the good, hard-working citizens that of small business. Right? Yeah. No big business, no chain stores, only small businesses coincidentally got fined. Well, you know, it actually cost a lot more just to put the law enforcement out there mm-hmm. to monitor people. Because a lot of them, people didn't get fined, but the monitoring uh, and the law enforcement out watching and the businesses going into businesses cost a lot more than that. Uh, you know, but that, again, that's what people are fearful of. It's just we get to the state where our government uh, is, we get to the nanny state, as it's been called, uh, and people just are uh, against that. And, I, guys, I think that's part of what the backlash is over the mask mandate. Yeah, I've gotten hundreds of emails on these things, uh, as all of our legislators have, and I really appreciate the sentiment. But when you read between the lines, that's what it says. You know, we just want to be free, and we're uh, we're concerned that government is taking over little bits and chips of our lives, and we're tired of it. Stop. Dan, you uh, know, I, I came to that event, that wonderful event by Conduit, uh, that you were, you were honored as the number one state le- conservative state legislator, and I wore a mask. Because I decided to wear a mask, not because anybody told me to wear a mask. And nobody there gave me a hard time about wearing a mask. He was thinking about holding you guys up. Uh, and then, and then he, he lost his nerve. That's exactly. well, all that I know was these, these conservatives don't have any money in their pockets, so there's nothing. 
Well, guys, I'll tell you one more thing people are skeptical of. We hear from the medical side of this, the hospitals and our, our doctors, and people are starting to realize you know, that the medical community uh, held up telehealth for a decade. That's right. Uh, denied people the opportunity for health care in rural areas or even urban areas. They denied that. We finally passed it. That's right. But that was a medical community that did that. Along and with the, the left. Hospitals that did. The left. Yeah, along with the left. And mm-hmm. AP, advanced practice nurses, uh, I think it was the uh, anesthesiologists, the eye doctors, uh, the, not the Medical Practice Act to, to open up business. So we had the medical community lobby killing um, good legislation that reduced restrictions and gave people more control over their lives. The medical community spends hundreds of thousands, if not several million dollars a year doing this. And then when they come and they say, people, we're doing this for your own protection, get a vaccination and wear a mask. Forgive us if we're a little skeptical uh, when we hear that from the medical community. Well, they, we tried to redo the medical board uh, the medical com- and give the legislature more control, and they killed that. That medical uh, board so is a train wreck us. here in Arkansas. That medical board is corrupt here in Arkansas. That medical board here in Arkansas me- needs to be disbanded and restructured from the ground up. Well, we had a great uh, talk with Dr. Terry Yamauchi yesterday on my show. And, uh, you know, he basically made this statement that the reason Americans don't know what to do sometimes is that the CDC changes the narrative two, three times a week. And if you do that, you can't believe anything that they're telling you. I've got 60 seconds left. Any any final thought by you? Well, I just appreciate the people that are standing up for the freedoms, the God-given freedoms that are given to us by the Constitution. I'm going to send you all the the letter from the mayor. I'm going to send you that letter. I'm going to send you the letter from the King of England to the colonists. They're eerily similar. Y'all don't know what you're doing. You need me, the king. Uh, It's time for our return power to the people, and the people are standing up. I appreciate your support, gentlemen. All right. Thanks, Dan. Dan Sullivan, thank you so much. We'll let you get back to uh, taking care of the folks here in the state of Arkansas. We'll be back after the news. Michael Knoll is on deck next. First Amendment, Dave Ellswick Show. Michael Knowles' number, no answer yet, so we'll continue to call that number. That's a number that was given to us that he would join us uh, today uh, during this half hour to talk about his new book, 
we'll see what what happens heidi's trying him again we'll see if if he's just fallen asleep and turned off his ringer or what uh but i got an uh, uh, email from uh, state uh, senator dan sullivan said that he's listening he wants to hear what michael knowles has to say about freedom of speech because you know he tried to get that part two of our freedom of speech bill through this last legislative session and it was defeated by a vote by uh, that uh, great conservative uh republican sturch james sturch of course you're being up there sarcastic. in the Pocahontas, yeah they're, batesville area there are three fake republicans uh on the um on the education committee uh, uh james sturch uh, i like to call him larry storch do you get that reference? Yes, by the I way? did. F Troop. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jane English uh, and um, Lance Eads. Uh, and if those people, uh, those three folks, those three Republicans in name, state senators, uh, would act like conservatives, uh, then we would have passed uh, the Dan Sullivan, uh, uh, Dave Ellswick free speech on campus part two bill. Yeah. But we didn't. Uh, and we didn't because we have a bunch of captured politicians who have their bills written for them by government, by state agencies, state agencies, along with uh, lobbying groups, private lobbying groups paid with public tax dollars, go into these legislators. And these legislators are a bunch of uh, just uh, they just pass the buck. Do we have him on the line now? Michael Knowles is here. You um, may read his articles off of the Daily Wire. Anybody who is a good friend of uh, the man who runs the Daily Wire is a good friend of mine. As uh, many of you know, uh, I've known him for a long, long time and Breitbart and all the rest of the guys. It's, it's kind of like the Brat Pack or, you know, the, that that went together. Michael, how are you? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. By the way, you picked my favorite subject. Robert Steinbach is here as well. He's a law professor at the Bowen School of Law uh, for the U of A and uh, here in Little Rock. And, you know, he is a big First Amendment rights guy. Uh, We had uh, Turning Point USA was trying to be on a college campus here in, in Arkansas, ASU, Arkansas State. And uh, they came up to the person who was trying to start it and said, you can't have that table here. You can't be talking about, uh, you know, Turning Point USA. And that turned into a big lawsuit. And uh, I talked a little bit uh, to Charlie Kirk about that. And they still haven't gotten it completely worked out. But uh, we got a a freedom of speech bill uh, passed here in Arkansas. State Senator Dan uh, Sullivan, who was on with us a little earlier, uh, uh, Robert Steinbach, myself, and others. Kim Hammer, Bob yeah, Allinger. worked very, very hard on that. And now there are no freedom of speech zones on Arkansas campuses. Outside, Everywhere. outdoors. outdoors. Yeah, uh, outdoors. We tried to pass Yeah, indoors. we're going to get the indoor one taken care of next year or uh, two years from now. But uh, now you can speak out and say your piece without having to be in a – a four-by-four four square somewhere on campus. 
Well, that is great news because, I, I, you know, unfortunately, I think for the rest of society, we feel that our square is <laughs> being restricted more and more each day. But there, there are ways to fight back, as people are seeing now. And uh, I think now if, if we can take some of the very successful moves on campus and apply it to the society more broadly, to big technology platforms, that's probably going to be the next stage of the fight. Isn't it kind of weird to you? I, I know it's it, it feels weird to me. I was all part of the free speech movement back in the 60s, and uh, I was fighting against a lot of people on the right for that, and we finally broke through. Now we're fighting against the left again. It, it's just so weird how this all works out. Well, I actually address this topic in my book, Speechless, which is I, I think that the use of the phrase free speech, you know, the free speech movement, for instance, at UC Berkeley by the left, in the 1960s was less a matter of principle than it was a matter of instrumentality. I think, I think what they were really after was to upend the settled standards of society because, of course, all, spe- all societies in history have standards. All societies have taboos. Some things are permitted to be said and, and some things are off limits. And so what, what shifted, I think, in the 1960s and in the decade since then, is not so much a respect for free speech on the left. I mean, today, UC Berkeley is one of those oh my God. campuses to free speech in the country. I, I think what shifted was not so much this movement from censorship to free speech as it was an upending of standards. And, and we see this throughout the broader society. In some ways, we have more free speech today than we did 50 years ago or, or more. You know, all of those words that George Carlin said, I, I could never say on TV. Now I think we're basically required to say them on TV. <laughs> yeah, but, you're right. Uh, you're, you're Very rarely, though, now, are you permitted to say basic truths if they're politically incorrect. So now, you know, I can say all sorts of vulgar words on TV, but if I say that a man is not a woman, or if I say that a baby is a baby, or if I transgress, you know, the politically correct orthodoxy, that could seem ostracized, censored, or deplatformed. And so I think we've got to get a better handle on what those standards are and so that the left isn't the, the group that's setting them. Yeah, if you really want to see how this stuff plays out, and Robert, I know you want to get in on the conversation as well, you know, look at the, the author of Harry Potter when she made the statement that, you know, f- being a female is not a Halloween costume and that men don't menstruate. She made those two, she made those two uh, statements, and she, they, they're trying to cancel her completely. Right, right. Yes, the, this is the... Uh the trans-exclusive radical feminists are now maligned as Turks, is their name. And for stating the plain fact of nature that a man is not a woman, even a beloved figure on the left uh, can be cast into the outer darkness where there is wailing and gnashing of teeth. And, and speaking of teeth, some of these measures really do have teeth. Yes, I mean, they do. You see what happened on, on January 7th and January 8th when a handful of big tech oligarchs were able to censor even the duly elected sitting president, you, you recognize that this is a big threat because, of course, in a republic such as ours, speech is politics and politics is speech. So if you control the flow of information, for instance, around the Internet, then you are controlling in many ways the political order. So we're going to need to find a new way to, to respond to this because what, for instance, big tech is doing is by definition a political act. 
And so we're going to have to find a way uh, to fight back because uh, otherwise I think we will find ourselves to borrow a title speechless. Yeah, um, you're, you're exactly right. Let me turn over to Robert. Question, Robert? Uh, Michael, how are you? It's really interesting. We see, for example, uh, Martina Navratilova got in hot water when she opposed the notion of uh, transgender uh, men to women uh, participating in female sports. And I mentioned her because, of course, she uh, was a strong advocate, I guess, is a strong advocate for gay rights. Uh, she One of the first lesbians to play tennis openly. Openly, exactly. Uh, and that does give her some credibility, shall we say, at least on the left, because they are about identity, right? You you have to have the right identity to make the right statement. So to the left, that gives her some credibility until she said the wrong thing, right? So this is the, the notion. We see this, of course, all the time uh, when uh, across the country. I see it in higher education. I saw it in admissions. I saw it in hiring uh, in higher education across the country where they where they want to hire someone who fits a demographic profile and then find out that the person's politics aren't right. You know, sort of the Clarence Thomas effect. And then they don't want him or her anymore right. because the demographics are right, but the politics are wrong. Uh, and so this is a problem that we have uh, across the country. Uh, and I don't know. Uh, the resolution to me is to uh, have more free speech and to prohibit particularly government entities from using political litmus tests and having courts more involved in actually digging down to see what happens rather than deferring to these state entities. What are your thoughts on all this? One of the difficulties, of course, is that the line between public and private is getting blurrier each day. (laughs) This this is the premise of uh, President Trump's First Amendment lawsuit against big tech, is he's saying saying that they violated his First Amendment rights. And, of course, we all know that a private company can't violate your First Amendment rights. But if President Trump can prove that the government is using big tech as mm-hmm. proxy or is impelling them to, to censor him, then he's got a case. And, of course, leave it to the Biden administration. <laughs> Just two weeks later, they came out and said, frankly, that they are pressuring Facebook and, and other entities to act on their behalf and to censor the people who dissent from the liberal regime. So I think there's, there's something of an argument there. And I think, you know, it, it helps to go back to the founder of the conservative movement after uh, World War II, William F. Buckley Jr. I think you can go back further, too. But Bill Buckley is instructive because the book that launched the conservative movement is a book called God and Man at Yale, subtitled The Superstitions of Academic Freedom. And though we, we defend a sort of sense of academic freedom today on the right, Buckley joked about it. He said it was a hoax. He said it was a, a superstition because much like the free speech movement, the left isn't interested in academic freedom and, and a, a total academic freedom can never exist. No one thinks that a Nazi has any right to teach sociology at Yale in, in a private company. No one thinks that that same Nazi has any right to uh, you know, yell propaganda from the water cooler. If he got fired, no one would call it cancel culture. Uh, you know, there there is such a thing as truth, goodness, and, and the right, and uh, we prefer those things to that which is false. You know, that won't be taught in a classroom, and that which is wrong and unjust. And so, obviously, we've got to make some discernments here. We've got to have some sort of standards. Every society is going to have a standard. And uh, so, so then the question becomes, what is 
within the, the, the Overton window, what is within the realm of acceptable speech. And the left has done such a good job over the last 50 years of shifting the, the window of acceptable speech in this radical, perverse direction. And so while we want, I think while we want to maintain the wonderful broad free speech tradition in America, we, I, I think the only way that we're going to do that is by returning to some of the traditional American boundaries of speech. <laughs> the way I describe it is uh, in the 1950s, you'd be canceled for being a communist. Today, you're canceled for not being a communist. That's right. <laughs> what, what has changed right, is, not, is not that there's a cancel culture, but it's the standards by which one is canceled. Gotcha. Michael Knowles is our guest. Speechless is the name of the book. You need to get a copy of it. Uh, we've been advertising it on the air here. We want you to read it. I definitely want you to read it because I'm a huge First Amendment uh, person, and I believe you should be able to, to talk about just about anything. Well, I believe you can talk about anything. I'll tell you why when we come back and we'll get Michael's uh, thoughts on it as well. It's 19 minutes after 7. Michael Knowles is our guest. Don't forget about PI Roofing. Uh, they'll do a good job of taking care of your roof. You need to have somebody come out every couple of years, walk your roof, make sure that it's in good working order. Uh, I got pictures the last time they well, I walked my roof because I didn't go up and walk it. I let the professionals go up and walk it. And there was all these shiny spots. And you said, Dave, you see those? I said, yeah. So that's where all the uh, the gravel has come off your shingles. Uh, your shingles are failing. And you're going to have to put a new roof on here in another year or two. And so since that time, I've been praying for a hailstorm so, <laughs> so I can get my insurance company to pay for it all. But the bottom line is I'm going to have to get a, a new roof. PI Roofing is the company that I'll have do that. They're the person that did it for me 18 years ago. They're the people who have come out to my house several times during that other uh, 18 years and have looked at my roof and fixed them things up that other people caused. And they've done a fantastic job. They'll do a fantastic job for you. Uh, get a hold of them. Talk to them. Do it on the Internet. Go to piroofing.com. All right, back with Mike, Michael Knowles here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Speechless is the uh, name of the book. And, uh, boy, I wish you were in the area, Michael. You could come to my – that's my 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 First Amendment movie of the year. We do this every year. We show Blazing Saddles because you could not make that movie now. There, there are so many movies that you could not make now. <laughs> yeah. are, you know, perfectly, uh, perfectly wonderful, hilarious, funny. But, but this is what's become so sad. Uh, you know, if you look at some of the things going around social media, you are now uh, permitted to say all, all manner of <laughs> disgusting sorts of things, but basic things you can't say. I'm, I'm even reminded of a, a debate that broke out on the right. Uh, a couple of years ago, which was the debate over Drag Queen Story Hour. And, yes. you know, some people were saying, oh, Drag Queen Story Hour, it's not a big deal. Oh, it's great. It's actually it's perfectly fine if a transvestite wants to twerk for a toddler in a public library. That's totally fine. And if, if we object to that, that that is uh, somehow going to uh, imperil our First Amendment rights, and that'll empower all our rights to go to church, for instance. And I remember thinking, as a practical matter, first of all, they're already telling us that we can't go to church on Sunday in, in many parts of this country yes. for the past year. But, but even beyond that, if you're really saying that we can't discern between 
the drag queen story hour and a pastor preaching the gospel, what you're saying is we don't have faculties of reason or moral judgment. And uh, that's fun, but it's just such a radical skepticism. But I think what it's saying is we're not capable of self-government. You know, when John Adams says that the country is built for a moral and religious people and the Constitution is not fit for any other people, he's not just Bible-thumping, <laughs> far from it. He's, he's making an observation about politics, that we need to be able to make these kinds of judgments and I think through the manipulation of language, the left has totally inverted uh, all of those all of those realities. Well, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I went crazy during the legislative session this year because they couldn't stop CRT in our on our school systems, and they couldn't stop schools from teaching uh, sixteen nineteen because they said that that should be uh, local control in the schools. I bet you that if there was a Nazi trying to teach, uh, you know, German history in the schools, they'd stop that real quick because it's a false, completely false narrative. Well, so is 1619 and CRT. It's all a bunch of BS. I don't, I, it just drives me crazy that they stand behind local control. Of course. And, and the other one that they use, going back to the William F. Buckley example, is academic freedom. They'll pretend that a third grade classroom is some sort of free marketplace of ideas, which, which it manifestly is not. In, in a third grade classroom, you were just taught certain things. This is the way history was. This is the way the English language works. This is the way mathematics works. We, we wouldn't have a, an academic freedom exception for people who want to say that 2 plus 2 equals 5. Actually, now with Common Core Math, maybe we do. Yeah, maybe that's you know, true. This whole upending of academic standards, it's, it's so ridiculous, first of all, because, you, one, you've got to teach people that some things are true and you've got to teach them that other things are false. But, but two, they would never do it, the, the left and the school districts, uh, if, if you were to teach – forget about the Nazi example. If you were to teach that George Washington and Christopher Columbus and uh, all the rest of the forebears who brought us over to this new world, if you taught that they were good people and this is basically a good country, even that would raise yes. rocket on the left today. So uh, you know, I think we've got to be clear about what it is we're saying. Because I love free speech in the abstract, but, but it doesn't mean anything for people who don't have anything to say. All right, Michael Knowles, speechless. By the way, if you go to Facebook, to the Dave Ellswick Show, uh, we've got a link to Regnery there, uh, which is the publisher of his book, and you can go right there and order it, and I highly recommend that you do so because we're kind of losing this battle, and that's not a good thing. Michael, I appreciate your time. Let's get you back on here in the near future again, and we'll talk. Maybe I can get Ben Shapiro to come on at the same time, and we can we can have our our ourselves a real good time. What do you think? Get the whole gang together. That's that true. Good to me. Thank All you right. so much for having me on. Thanks a lot. We appreciate you, man. Okay, Michael Knowles here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I hang out with good people. <laughs> Present company excluded, of course. No, no, you're you're one. Is I I surround myself with smart, intelligent, and and uh freedom believers and and rob steinbuck and makes it a <laughs> makes it a great great deal he makes so many great points in this book mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he really does but they're the same points that we make all the time here on the, the air but his name is michael Knowles. i'm sure we make him better right <laughs> i'm just saying <laughs> or or my name is not ben shapiro i'm just saying but i we say the same things we really really do i saw that he was on t- today on fox talking about his uh, new book the 
uh, authoritative moment. Mm-hmm. You know, I have mm-hmm. talked to Ben about coming on the show and talking about that. Well, Bill O'Reilly is on his way here in just a moment. I wanted to thank you for coming in today. Just Always my pleasure. 90 minutes has gone way too fast amazing. today. Amazing. It flew by. All right, Matt Smith is up next, but Bill O'Reilly wants to talk to you right now. All right, back with you. Don't forget about uh, if you got questions about filing for Social Security, you can get the answers in a simple, easy-to-understand booklet called Your Guide to Social Security, brought to you from David Lucas Financial in North Little Rock. 27-page booklet outlines what you need to know that could help you get even more money when you uh, file for Social Security. If you're within five years of filing for Social Security, Get this free booklet now by calling 501-222-3315. As a bonus, you're going to receive a free customized social security analysis. And what this does, it pinpoints the optimal time to wring every nickel out of your benefits. That's right. Pick up the phone. Call right now, 501-222-3315. That's 501 501- Two 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 thirty three fifteen. All right, back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Matt Smith joins us, the man behind uh, you know VIP Cinema and Hot Springs, uh, Riverdale Cinema here in Little Rock, at the bottom of Cantrell Hill, the VIP Cinema in Cabot, VIP Cinema in Searcy, VIP Cinema the Oaks in Batesville, and uh, went and saw Jungle Cruise last night, uh, Matt. I was a little bit disappointed. I guess I was expecting more than than a kind of a rehash of the Brendan Fraser, the Mummy, and Indiana Jones. But it's a great family movie, and kids are going to love this movie. Yeah, PG thirteen. I mean, you got The Rock. You know, he's in there. Dwayne Johnson, of course. Emily Blunt stars. Uh, Edgar Ramirez. You got Paul Giamatti in the film. Jack Whitehall. Uh, two-hour running time, PG-13. It's got some thrills. It's got some shake-ups. It's extremely family-friendly. Yeah. Yeah, all those dad jokes are really good. Yeah, just just take take go with the kids. Enjoy the show. I mean, the PG-13 is for some, you know, somewhat frightening moments. But, but I mean, it's, it's an extremely good family movie. Yeah, I think what is great is the way they ended it. If Disney wants thinks that this if this movie makes a lot of money, which I think it will do, then you're going to have the opportunity to do part two. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I, I, I think the goal now, when you invest the kind of money that um, it takes to get Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt in the same film, and then you spend the amount of money you you have to spend to produce and create and market something like that, you want to make three of them. Yeah. You know, there's there's really no other reason to dump uh, that amount of cash into that intellectual property. You can't make three. All right. So great, uh, interesting story breaking late yesterday. Uh, Scarlett Johansson has brought a lawsuit against Disney saying that her contract was set up that she took a percentage of ticket sales at at the movies at the theaters now the movie black widow made 80 million dollars on its opening weekend however disney 
who, from what I understand, told Johansson that they were not going to release the movie on Disney Plus, did charge people $30 to watch it, but did. So she lost $60 million in ticket sales. And so she's suing Disney because of it. It's kind of an interesting opening salvo uh, dealing with theaters and streaming, don't you think? Well, no, I mean, I, I I don't know why you're shocked by this. I told you that it was going this way 16 months ago. Remember 16 months ago when I told you that um, AT&T would have to sell Warner Brothers and then it happened? Uh-huh, right. <laughs> I, I told you 16 months ago this was coming. So, I mean, you know, I don't know why, you know, I don't know why anybody's shocked by this. No one is jumping up and down saying, oh, my God, I want to go to, tele- to, to, to Hollywood and make TV. Oh, God, I'm so excited. I want to be a TV star. Right. Nobody wants to be a TV star. People want to be movie stars, you know, just like nobody's standing around today in their garage, you know, strumming on an instrument saying, God, I just wish I could do some acoustic shows down at the local bar. Oh, my God, (laughs) if somebody would give me $5 and a six-pack to come on Friday night and play a song. No, they want to be rock stars. So this is coming. Nobody wants to do that. Everybody wants to make movies. And the contracts specify the movies have to play in movie theaters. And so when you stab somebody in the back and you take this piece of intellectual property that they've worked on for so long and you stick it on an itty-bitty 40-inch screen television at somebody's house, they're going to be mad. You know, you're costing you're costing that star, everybody involved in that film, and yourself so much money. Um, Disney has lost at least three hundred million dollars in China alone on this movie because they're ignorant and so they're so stupid that they put it on home view mm-hmm. where it was immediately pirated. And you can just, you know, go on BitTorrent and watch it. So, you know, when it finally comes out in China or Japan or India or South Korea, any of those places, why would you go? You've already seen it at the house. And you watched it for free. You didn't have to pay for it. Right. So this little streaming BS is just like Movie Pass. Do you remember that stupidity? I do. Do you remember that? Do you remember how uh, people thought, oh, my God, I'm going to pay $10 a month and watch unlimited movies inside a movie theater? Mm-hmm. And so they would send in $10, and then they would go and sit in a movie theater uh, all day long and watch four or five movies <laughs> on Saturday and do it again on Sunday. And then Movie Pass would have to owe the movie theater two, $300, you know, because this person sent in $10 that month. Right. Well, I mean, right. I mean, you know, going to the movies is not like going to the gym. I mean, we all know 10 Fitness is selling way more $10 memberships than they have the equipment for. I mean, if everybody showed up at 10 Fitness to, to use the equipment, I mean, there'd be a riot. They couldn't all get in the door because they paid the $10 a month and they don't go. So every day, uh, Movie Pass was just gushing out blood and bleeding to death. And people used to ask me all the time, when are you going to take Movie Pass? When are you going to take Movie Pass? Well, I'm never going to take that because those idiots are going to go bankrupt and owe me money. <laughs> why would I? Why would I want to take Movie Pass and watch these clowns, these clowns clothes, and file Chapter Eleven, which they did, and then owe me thousands upon thousands of dollars? No, I'm going to wait for those guys to bleed out and die. 
right? Yep. So as you and I talked about 16 months ago, this is not a sustainable business plan. Any fool that is sitting around in Los Angeles, California today and thinks that they can spend $500 million on a Black Widow movie and then stick it in someone's house needs to go to business school. You need to pull your head out, you ignorant moron. You cannot do that. You cannot put $500 million in a movie like Black Widow and then just put it in people's houses. But it's impossible. I'll tell You're you something else. Too much money on that. Something else that's going to play out in this is that uh, they're not putting the, the streaming in these these uh, actors' uh, contracts and uh, not telling them they're going to do the streaming and then turn around and do it or tell them they're not going to do it. And then, you know, they lose tens of millions of dollars because of that. It's abject stupidity, just like when Warner, when uh, AT&T sandbagged everybody uh, with the uh, HBO Max junk. Uh, they started gushing blood. Everybody sued them. And lo and behold, shortly after that, they're selling off HBO. <laughs> I mean, excuse me, they're selling off Warner Brothers. AT&T is selling off Warner Brothers and uh, putting it with uh, Discovery and that conglomerate that does movies. You can't do that, man. It, 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 it does not work that way. It is not sustainable i mean uh you know uh, how long could you guys be on the air if everything you did was free what if you ran ads for everybody for free yeah you know, just say man i'm gonna advertise this air conditioning company i'm gonna advertise these guys doing lawn service i'm gonna advertise this dentist i'm just gonna do it for free it'll be fun let's run all these ads for nothing how long would you guys be in business i agree there's no there's no free lunch man there's just there's just no way to do it you you've got to if you've got a 500 million dollar movie you've got to put it in movie theaters let it stay there for three months make that revenue then put it on home pay-per-view 20 30 bucks a shot let it generate all that revenue and then once it falls off you have cheaper pay-per-view, cheaper pay-per-view, cheaper pay-per-view till people are buying it at home for five bucks, you know, six, eight, nine months later. Then you sell it to a streamer. That is the only way to get a return on that $500 million investment. That's the only way to do it. There's no other way to do it. If it could be done some other way, they'd, they'd be, be doing, doing it, it. That's right. They'd right. be already no. doing it. There's no way to do that, man. So, I mean, you just – you can't – change that now you you can make a cheap movie and change the way that you put it out but you can't you can't do a black widow or a jungle cruise you know a suicide squad you can't do movies like that all the time can you do it short term can can you can you do it for six months or a year while you wait on stupid morons to take a vaccine? Yeah, you can do that. You can you can you can bleed that money out and lose money for six months to a year. But can you do that from now on? No, you can't. You'll go out of business. Well, I'll let you know. You had a great turnout last night at uh, Cabot VIP Cinema for Jungle Cruise. I'm going over to see that new Matt Damon movie tonight, and we'll talk about that. And the Green Knight when we return. Matt Smith is our guest. He always is, typically, on a Friday. We tell you what new movies are coming out. You're going to want to see it. Also want to remind you what the next classic movie is. It's my First Amendment movie. I do this often. We're showing Blazing Saddles again on the big screen, one time only. We'll tell you about that as well. Let's take a quick break here on uh, the Dave Ellswick Show and let you remind you about Applied Research. They have an acute 
back muscle spasm uh, study going on. They need your help with it. They need you to uh, be a volunteer to participate in a clinical research study to evaluate a new non-opioid investigational medication for patients suffering from back pain due to or associated with muscle spasms. Uh, uh, eligible study participants are going to be compensated for their time and pre- uh, precipitation in the study is voluntary and the study participants can leave at any time and for any reason to find out if you can get into this study call 501-954-7822 that's 501-954-7822 to applied research Back with you, uh, Matt Smith with us, VIP Cinemas and uh, the Riverdale 10 Cinema. Let me just run over a few movies that are are already out that uh, are good movies that you might want to go see and, and, and enjoy, uh, like, uh, for instance, uh, Snake Eyes, uh, the new G.I. Joe reboot, which I, was, I went and saw last weekend and was impressed with, thought it was very good, old, the new from M. Night uh, Shyamalan, and um, I don't think it's his best movie, but it's a very good movie. I think that you'll enjoy it as well. Uh, Space Jam, a new legacy is still out. Escape Room, Tournament of Champions, uh, there's going to be a third one of those movies, I'm sure, and uh, it's highly entertaining as well. So uh, there's a Black Widow is still out at the theaters. You'll want to go see that. Uh, Boss Baby, Family Business is still out there, too. Now, the three big ones opening this weekend, Matt, are Jungle Cruise, which we've already talked to, which is based on the uh, ride at uh, Disneyland and Disney World, and then two other movies coming out, Stillwater and The Green Knight. Uh, I'm going to go see Stillwater tonight, uh, even though Matt Damon is in it. I'm not a big Matt Damon fan. Just to give everybody an idea, it's an American oil rig roughneck from Oklahoma travels to Marseille to visit his estranged daughter who is in prison for a murder she claims she did not commit. If that sounds kind of interesting and sounds like Amanda Knox, um, that's kind of what this movie is based on from what I understand. Is that true? Yes. Uh, and then, you know, like you were saying, uh He's got problems with that, cultural differences, um, problems with the cops, problems with the investigation. Matt Damon stars, Tom McClarty directs. Of course, you've got uh, Abigail Breslin in the film. Uh, and it is a good adult drama, uh, no doubt about it. And, of course, you can catch Stillwater uh, at the theaters. You know, it's uh, Hot Springs, Cabot, Searcy, and, of course, it's at Riverdale. Uh, Riverdale10.com there in Little Rock, and you can go to the link for all the theaters there at the website, buy all your tickets in advance. Stillwater new today. And then, of course, Green Knight. I'm uh, interested in this today. movie. It sounds really interesting. Uh, it's from Area 24 Films. David Lowry directs. Uh, Dave Patel star, stars in the film. Sean Harris is in this movie. Uh, fantasy Adventure based on the timeless. Arthurian legend, the Green Knight, tells the story of Sir Gwaine, King Arthur's reckless and headstrong nephew. He embarks on a quest. Um, he confronts the Green Knight, a emerald-skinned stranger and tester of men. Ghosts, giants, thieves, schemers are along the way on this journey. 
and he has to uh, win to become worthy in the eyes of his family and the kingdom. Got a great cast in it. It's R. It's kind of uh, wild and I would say trippy in a lot of ways. <laughs> uh, it's if the special effects are cool, the storyline is cool. It kind of sneaks up on you. Uh, Area Twenty Four that distributes a film, and of course you can catch it. Um, Cersei and Cabot and Riverdale will catch all the theaters this weekend. Brand new today. Uh, it's different uh, for kind of a mashup between an action and fantasy picture. I'm looking forward to seeing it. It's got Alicia Vikander in it, uh, who was who's been in some really good movies in the past, and uh, she's a great actress. And Joel uh, Edgerton is in it as well. This is going to be a good movie. I just it's got all the elements to be a good movie. The only thing that I, you know, might get blindsided if the script was really bad, but I I just don't believe that's going to be the case. This this kind of goes like a Monty Python Brazil is what it kind of reminds me of. Hey, it's a great weekend at the movies. Very unusual this weekend. Three movies that are brand yeah. new. Never been done before. No sequels, no remakes, no prequels, no uh, use of a comic book or anything as source material. So pretty cool to have three original movies this weekend. Absolutely. Check that out at all my theaters. And then, of course, don't forget that our August classic movie is Blazing Saddles. Yeah, baby. It's Tuesday, (laughs) August the 10th. Uh, 7 p.m. Blazing Saddles from 1974, rated R. Tickets are five bucks. The tickets are on sale now at Riverdale10.com. Do not miss this original uncut film. So I've got people. I've got people that have emailed and said, "Are you showing the the, the original one? Is this uh, is this been edited?" Like, nope. No, it's the original film. Get out here and see it. That's why we call it our First Amendment movie. Is because this is the kind of movie. Because of the cancel culture we've got out there and and whatnot, that might not, in fact, I would say that's a strong, uh, wouldn't uh, be made today. No, there there's so many cutting edge films from the 1970s that would not get made today. Iconic films, cultural films, they really they really change the landscape. I mean, if you go back prior, uh, you know, you go to the 60s, everything was westerns and musicals, yep. right? Yep. And the 1970s really revamped Hollywood when the fresh new blood directors came in. And just look at everything that was done. You know, the Mel Brooks films, obviously the Godfather films, all these movies from the 70s. And, and Blazing Saddles definitely is out there and certainly made some serious statements in such a comic way. Mel Brooks is such a genius. It's $5 yeah. for a ticket. you got to check this out. you got to come and see it. You really do. Com. If you're easily offended, that this movie is for you because you'll be offended. All right, just yes, yes, just yes, yes. just so you know, uh, yes. r- the script is ninety percent written by uh, Pryor. I mean, he's the guy who wrote the script. In fact, he was supposed to play the sheriff, uh, but Warner Brothers nixed that idea. It almost caused the film not to be released. Mel Brooks was talking about not releasing it, and Richard Pryor called him and said, "You got to release it because." It has a lot to say, and uh, I mean, he did. Can you imagine Richard Pryor as the sheriff? How great would that have been? Oh my god! <laughs> it would have been. I mean, really? I mean, it's such an awesome film now. But can you imagine? I yeah, mean, the way he delivered lines. Now it would have been a ten point five with him in there. I mean, yeah, come on. I agree. It would have been. It would, it would have been fun to see him in it, but that was. It was just after when he wrote this movie. 
It was just after he freebased himself on fire. Ah, okay. So Warner Brothers didn't want to take the chance that something bizarre would go on, and they had a lot of money sunk into the movie, and then they couldn't put it out. So what's when people are intelligent enough to protect their intellectual property. Imagine that. Imagine that, right? Yeah, you're right. Imagine what would imagine what would have happened if Jack Warner was still alive. And Cuomo and Newsom had tried to close movie theaters in California, New York. He had had them imagine? in court. He had had huh? them in court. I'm just telling they you. They woke up with a horse head in their bed. <laughs> By imagine. the way, in November, we were supposed to have Godfather. We cannot. It's been pulled from being shown, so we'll we'll have to come up with a new movie. Jack Warner. I wish he'd been alive through this. Yeah, you're right about that. You got to go to a movie this weekend. Go to one of the VIP cinemas or go to the Riverdale 10 and see one of these new movies. Or if you've missed some of the good ones that have been coming out and are at the movies, go see one of them as well. I'll see you again next Friday, uh, Matt. I appreciate you joining me here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Blazing Saddles, August 10th. Yeah, don't want to miss it. Five dollars, that's all it's going to cost for you to see it. Five bucks. That's the way to go see a classic movie brought to you by 101.1 FM, uh, The Answer, and the Riverdale 10. We thank them for being a a willing participant in the Dave Ellswick uh, classic movie that has been going on for 21 years here in Little Rock. And Matt and I have been doing it for a long time long time and we're not we're going to keep doing it i've already got plans for next year i've already got some names that i want to present to him and uh, talk to him about uh, doing at the theater i will see you monday we got uh, i'm trying to think uh, we're going to talk about taxes on monday we're going to talk about inflation on monday all important things you need to know about that's coming up on the monday edition of the dave ellswick show have a great weekend try to stay cool But, uh, you know, get in the pool or go out to the lake. Have a good time.